From Southwest Florida, near the Gulf of Mexico, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation and around the world. Welcome to Winning Business Now. Today, after some words of wisdom and or streaming consciousness from your host, John Bothwell, we'll hear from our guest, who will share their story and insights for managing and growing a business in today's ever-changing environment. Folks, I'd like to, you to welcome Bruce Seidman to Winning Business Now, fantastic podcast where we talk to business experts, people who own and manage businesses, and have had an influence not only on their business, but on their business community. Hello, Bruce. Hey, John. Good to be here. Thank oh, you for inviting me. I'm glad that you could make it. So what's new in your world? Oh, John, the world of a solopreneur. Boom, boom, boom. Managing uh, your, your, your lead gens, managing your email campaigns, managing your back-end pages, changing campaigns, oh, all the stuff we hate to do, but we have to do it because in order for us to get our light out there to shine, we have to have people to shine it on. So. <laughs> well, what there's what that passage in the Bible, don't hide your light under a basket. That's right. So as you're kicking off what sounds like a new chapter in your life, uh, what's the biggest challenge that you're having in your in your new role I, well so before i had focus my biggest challenge was lack of focus now listen to this a lot of people won't identify this i actually was floundering for seven years i'll, I'll explain and I, and I don't want to bore people either but the message i'll just i'll just give everybody the message john you really have to spend time in deep thought and it's going to take a long time to focus in on what you want, how you want to spend the rest of your, your productive days or your days. In, in my case, I've always, I've already decided, John, I'm, I'm not retiring. There's no such thing as retirement for me. Now we already live a third of a mile from the, at the, of the Atlantic ocean. So retirement is kind of woven in, in little 15 minute increments during my busy, busy days. So anyway, the biggest lesson I can give anybody listening is, what business are you in? And I know you've heard this a thousand, a Brazilian times. Who is your audience? The riches are in the niches. And John, you know that as well. Who is your audience? And what, and what do you have to offer them? Not what makes you different from others, because that's not it. Because you're you. You are already different. That That's already your differentiator. But it takes time. You don't want to, you don't want to go out there to the marketplace with some poorly thought out, unfocused vision for both your own human being and also your human doing. In other words, a vision of who you are inside and also a vision of what your business is going to look like on the outside. I appreciate you sharing that, Bruce. I find one of the biggest issues with business owners, senior managers, that I talk to is lack of focus, staying focused on what their goals are. And leadership today is really a form of action. You can't be a leader if you're not out doing things. If you're, if you say wear a mask, but you don't wear one, this is, right. this is a, this is a tough message. Yeah. And we're certainly living in different times to say the least. The fact that you and I are meeting via, via Zoom instead of face-to-face. -face. Uh, I think folks should know that you and I have known each other for years. 
uh, we, we have a history together. Uh, at one time, you were one of my mentors. And I really appreciate uh, the help that you gave me over the years. Don and I, were we came up through Sandler, which is the world's greatest sales training company of all time. And John was owned a franchise, and I was in the head office. My father is David Sandler. I, I say is. People say, Bruce, he died in 1995. I know, but I, I carry him with me. Still comes to me in my dreams. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, and and you, you were in the Cleveland area. And when you used to tell people I was your mentor, so I, was, I, I wasn't your direct coach, but I would, I would uh, pick up the phone. And we, we had a nice rapport back in those days for many, many years. And I would help you with your business and help you sell. And we, we even, I remember going to, to lunch and dinner with your family, with, with Nicole and Renee one time. I remember that. So we, we're, we're a great example of business associates that have transcended into friendship. Well, I don't know about you, but many of my closest friends are clients or former, former clients. I'd be invited to birthdays, weddings, you name it. And what I really appreciated about our relationship is that I could be honest with you, you could be honest with me, and it's good to have someone else's view of what you're doing or what you're not, what you don't realize because you're so in, so into your stuff that you just don't see what's going on. Uh, But I don't think we had any really wild and crazy times together because you weren't really wild and crazy, just a fun yeah, good loving guy, and I don't know. I don't remember dancing on any tables, did we? No, I don't think so. But <laughs> oh, that's funny. But uh, how do you stay on top of your game, Bruce? I mean, the world's changing. Uh, the challenges that business people have today, in from my perspective, are different than they were 20, 30 years ago. How do you stay on top of your game? So that's a biggie. You want big picture then? Because that's a biggie. Yeah, big picture. So basically, I have to handle myself in, in all of my spiritual bucket is number one for me. Whatever that means to you, it, for me, it means being out in nature. It means reading the Bible. It means meeting with the men's group once a week. It means um, going through a, a studies mm-hmm. online, video studies online. And being part of going to church, being part of the church community. And, and we've just recently relocated. So we were in Baltimore. Now we're in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. So I was church shopping. I've, I've finished church shopping and found a church and then COVID hit. So, so, but thank God for live stream. So spiritual is one enormous bucket, not to use the buzzwords, but bucket doesn't even scratch the surface of my spiritual habits. I should probably do a little more fasting in my, because I've got, you've heard of the COVID, you've heard of the freshman 15 when people go away to college. Well, I've got the COVID-19. <laughs> that fasting would be uh, pretty, I, I don't fast everybody. Another bucket is listening to podcasts, believe it or not. So whatever ones are good for you, because mine aren't going to be good for you and vice versa. I listen to podcasts. I listen while I'm walking in nature. So I'm kind of multitasking. I listen if I'm exercising, I'm listening. I'm, I'm always listening to something. I have the cordless Bluetooth headphones off of my iPhone. I'm always, they get sweaty, but it's okay. I'm always listening to something. Uh, number three, I actually listen, I re-listen to conversations that I have with uh, coaching 
when I coach people, because that encourages me too. Even though it's my own world, my own little world, but they know me here and they love me, it doesn't matter. It's good. So it encourages me to re-listen to what this person said, what that client said, and then how I responded. So I, I, lis I listen a lot. And ironically, ironically, John, you know, people have a personality uh, characteristics. You're either high visual, you're either high auditory, you're high kinesthetic, whatever those words mean, how you take in your world. Ironically, I'm not even an auditory, not even, but I do listen to a lot of stuff. I'm a high visual and a high kinesthetic, which means I'm an empath. I feel people, you know, that's why I love Zoom. Even over Zoom, if you're paying attention with your visual, you can feel people, especially their tone of their voice. So I listen to a lot of stuff. Exercise is another one that I probably lately, as I'm Turning the corner, John, to age 60, the jogging has pretty much all but stopped. And that was the one that really kept the weight off. Um, so walk, run is what I do now, mostly walk. I lift weights. I do kettlebell swings. And I do burpees, burpees at the beach. But honestly, that's probably my weakest link in, in how I keep myself sharp. Yeah, I, I'm exercise. So that's kind of the big picture the stuff that just first comes into my mind because I have these daily habits that I, that I do. And I actually track my, my winning daily habits. I track them. I count them. I tally them so that I know how I'm doing week to week. Well, thank God uh, you don't like beans because I don't know how that would go with burpees. But <laughs> on a serious note, uh, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Uh, years ago, I called your dad up one time and gave him hell because there wasn't some stuff wasn't on the the pain tape in those days they were tapes yeah and his exact words to me were bothwell your auditory sucks listen to it again <laughs> and, and my auditory while i like to listen to podcasts and i have some that i catch on a regular basis the bottom line is my auditory is is not my number one it's visual and I'm kinesthetic. So the face-to-face, -face, I get a feel for a situation. And I know that if I have to listen only to material, I have to take notes. In fact, that's what your dad says. He said, take notes next time. Trust me, it's in there. You mentioned spiritual. I hear that a lot, and I think it's true. I've gone through a similar situation relocating to Florida and searching for churches. The church that I'm at, the, the pastor said, how did you pick our church? And I said, well, when I, when I went to a couple of your services, I could just feel the presence, mm. and, uh, which is a kinesthetic reaction, I realized. But I, I tend to pick up on emotions and, and things of that nature. Mm. When it comes to spiritual, I think it's important because in life, things don't always go the way we want them to. You know, we have to pick ourselves up from the highs. Mm which if we're there too long, it'll get us into trouble. I've experienced that. And the lows, how do you balance the, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur? I think, uh, so first, the number one, foremost, belief in God and the belief in Jesus. Because to me, they're the one and the same. That's number one. And I know people hear that all the time. And, and I don't want to casually, nonchalantly say that, but that's number one. We all have uh, trials and tribulations in our lives, every single one of us, health, finance, everything. 
just mood, just daily mood changes from second to second. So that would be number one, having a strong basis, a strong foundation. God for me is the basis for everything, John. Number two, which, I, which is more tangible, is an, anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, I always count my blessings. Oh, Bruce, another cliche. I know. But it, let me tell you what it sounds like in my head. A thought comes in. I'm feeling not so good about whatever. I'm a human being, you know, not a human doing. And I, I have feelings and I am a kinesthetic too. And then these are fleeting, right? It's just, I can change the channel pretty quickly because I immediately think of what I'm grateful for at this minute, at this moment. And this all happens in like micro hundred hundredth of a microsecond. That's how you change the channel. I also do something, not every morning, but I keep a grateful, a gratitude journal. And I started it on, in May of 2011. A little girl, eight years old. Actually, you, you actually know her. It's, it's uh, Mr. Ed uh, in York, Pennsylvania, his granddaughter. I was doing a program up there for Mr. Ed. And at the, she was in the room. She's eight years old. And she told me what she and her mother do every morning. They, they keep a, a grateful journal. And from that day, May, whatever, May 10th, 2011, I started a grateful journal. I've had five or six journals ever since. I don't do it every morning. Maybe sometimes I look at the date and I say, wow, two months have gone by since my last grateful gratitude entry. And I just, at the top, I literally write down three things I'm grateful for today. And then I put the date, one, two, three, and usually it turns into seven things. And what's so important, which is so powerful, what is so impactful, what really moves the needle, I reread old grateful journals. So number one, God, number two, grateful journal. And that's how I keep my head on straight. I mean, everybody, exercise is a good one. Absolutely releases those endorphins. Well, it's too bad people can't see the video because your head is on backwards, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> on a serious note, I've never done a grateful journal, and I've just made a note here to, to think about that. But I, every day, tell the good Lord how grateful I am for the abundance of my life because I've lived, I've lived a blessed and abundant life. Mm. The thing that about journaling, though, is it's very powerful. I use it for things that I would like to have, where I'd like to go. And I will write every day what it is I would like to have in the future as if it was already here. Mm. I live in a four-bedroom house, 16,000 square feet, uh, six servants, and three dogs. And I'm just <laughs> living a wonderful life. Uh, none of those, by the way, are anything that I'm journaling. Uh, many years ago, I moved to Dayton, Ohio. And before I moved, I journaled what my house, the house I wanted. Mm. I really didn't know much about Dayton, but I journaled everything about the house, the neighborhood, everything. And my wife actually bought the house. And she mm. bought the same house that I journaled. Man, that's powerful. So I do that for all of my important goals. I write them down as if I've already obtained them. If I wanted a, a new Tesla SUV, I would say, gee whiz, I really love my uh, red Tesla SUV. Mm -hmm. uh, the self-driving features at my age keeps me from running into people. And I feel, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it, it really works. And in today's turbulent times, 
we can focus on the negativity. Sure. Which is why I don't watch the news much anymore. Me neither, bud. Me neither. Or we can focus on where we want to go, what we'd like to accomplish. And especially for senior managers, business owners, look at some of your goals, say goals that you would hope to accomplish over the six, next six months. Because let's face it, most of us in business need to survive and right. flourish in the next six months. And just write them as if they've already happened. And if you're a keyboard guy or gal, that's great. But I find the kinesthetic practice mm -hmm. of writing it in a notebook. Me too, bud. Day after day. And even if you just are copying what you wrote down yesterday, because you're not, re you don't want to rethink it. It is powerful. I try to use the same words. So I'll say, gee, I just look up at the top of the page and I just write, keep writing them down mm -hmm. and then just think about it. And opportunities will fall in your lap. It is powerful. It is powerful. I, Look, I, what, I, what I don't want us to be today is just a, a bunch of uh, baby boomers, because that's what we are, just talking to other baby boomers. The, the generation that's more active in the marketplace than you and I are the, are the, the baby boomers. That, that's how we were raised. We journal. We write. However, um, the next generation coming up, there's more millennials in the marketplace than there are us. We're now the minority. So we, I would simply say, if you're uh, you know, a social media guy or gal, as a consumer, not as a user, but as a consumer, I would simply say, look, that whole comparison thing is going to eat away at your gratitude. When you begin comparing yourself to other people, because everybody's their best self on social media, that you're just causing yourself self-injurious pain, self-injurious pain, because comparison is the enemy of, of, gra of gratitude. So I, where I'm going is I would also encourage you, millennials, use your phones, but to also carry on a little tiny journal, a little pocket journal the size of a phone and start writing in that thing too. Do, do, um, do both. There's just, there's, there's something about, like you said earlier, John, about writing it down and just feeling the words come out onto the paper. And, and I actually start re started using script when I'm journaling because that's even more kinesthetic because it's a, it's a form of uh, artwork as well as, it helps, your, it helps connect the left and right sides of your brain while you're thinking and writing script. So I would encourage, you can't do script on, when you're typing in something on your phone. That's my whole point. Very interesting. So what's one or two great ideas that you would have for the, the average person that owns a service business to help them move forward over the next six months? And thus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw one out just to get it started. I think we need to make sure that our clients and customers feel like they're in a safe environment. When we think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm. uh, safety is, is uh, right in there. What recommendations would you have, Bruce? Would you want to flesh that out a little bit when you say safety? If I am a restaurant, yeah. uh, what am I doing to keep my patrons safe? Yeah. If I'm a realtor, uh, I'm going to have an open house. How do I keep from bringing germs into your home? Or how do I protect the people that I'm showing houses to? If I'm a doctor, what protocols are we following? If I'm a furniture store, I mean, shoot, everyone's touching these chairs. What are we doing to keep our place of business safe? And for the record, our record I'm not a mask freak, but I do respect the right of a store to say no shirt, 
no shoes, no mask, no <laughs> service. But, but, you know, what are you doing to promote my safety? Just like I had furniture delivered today. Well, these guys put gloves on and they had a mask. They never articulated that, but they demonstrated their concern for my safety. That's a good one. Well, in my own little world, I would say, because I deal with solopreneurs mostly or people who sell for a living, I would say, assume the Zoom, John. So that means when you're selling, especially now, and everybody's already, everybody's already been acclimated to Zoom or some other video platform of your choosing. It means, assume the Zoom means move off of the cell phone, just talking voices and on to Zoom or some video, FaceTime, whatever, something like that. So assume the Zoom means move off of cell phones and move on to Zoom. And here's how it works in real life. You just assume it. You don't ask, you don't be gentle or use your own personality, of course, but you're simply saying, you know, I've got a better idea. So we've got this appointment here of the phone. George, I'm sending you my Zoom uh, meeting ID, and I'm already open. I'm actually waiting for you. Just hop on. We, we, I found Zoom to be way more productive. That's interesting, and I happen to agree with you. And assume the Zoom is going to be my saying. I'm, I'm going to own that one in a few days. It won't be yours anymore. Hope you don't mm-hmm. mind that I steal it. Because it's nice to see people face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, we do. Uh, we use our Apple uh, iPads for FaceTime with Mm -hmm. the family. Mm -hmm. And the thought just entered my mind talking to you, Bruce, that gee whiz, if I have a service business, I have a customer list. I could assume the Zoom and invite my clients or customers to a Zoom meeting that's just one-on-one, you and I talking, or I could be doing uh, demonstrations of fabrics or whatever the business is that I have. If I'm a manufacturer, I could be talking about a new product or a new uh, process that we have. And it's a much more personal uh, interaction. It really is. And people are home anyway, so we should may as well get the best mileage out of it. Plus, am I going to, this is a rhetorical, can I build trust with the person over the phone after several meetings? Or can I build trust with a person uh, face-to-face? after several meetings. What, what do you think is going to be the more, the biggest trust builder possible over the, over face to face? Cause there's body language. Now look, some people are blind. They're blind when they talk that like they're so into their head talking that they're not watching the other person. So one of the things that I teach people and, and is you could just learn yourself when you talk while you're over zoom, you always have to watch the other person. And here, here's a little trick. I call it pin, pin. The, <laughs> John, John's making uh, faces at me right now, just to, to, to prove my point. I pin the video. So that's, that means you're the big video and, and I'm, I'm just a little thing, a little thumbnail up at the top. So I see your whole face. I need to see your face to see if what I'm saying is registering with, with you. And I can only see that only in your facial expressions. Well, Bruce, you may be able to hear the music in the background, so we only have a couple of minutes left. Do you want to tell people how they can reach you if they'd like to engage with you, your your website or email? or Sure, it's very or, simple. Excuse me, or, or do we need to send you a postcard? Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, said one baby boomer to the other. <laughs> the the best way is thebreakfastclub.net. Thebreakfastclub.net. That's so I have two websites, thebreakfastclub.net. We have a networking group that meets on Monday mornings. It's uh, also it's so popular on the East Coast. I set up one for the West Coast. So it's eight o'clock Eastern and it's also eight to nine Pacific time. So um, check us out. It's easy. It's networking, but it's networking and a whole bunch more. The other thing I have, the other website is kind of like my passion project. It's called brucecoastal.com. I'm not really that creative. My, I, my name is Bruce and we moved to the coast. Brucecoastal.com is just a, a, a repository of all the information, all the knowledge that I get turned on about, excited about. Like accountability, you know, you heard me saying I track everything. Like that's a big thing for me, procrastination. Hey, uh, yeah. The best person to, to teach water safety is the guy who almost drowned once. So that's why I teach procrastination, John. So I, I have about 40 different topics and I'm always adding to it. It's not a, it's a horrible business model, buddy, because there's no landing page. There's it's just content. There's nothing in between you and the content. I'm not collecting emails. You just come, you just click around. It's pretty cool. And then I hope that people tell their friends, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to push out messages that have been important to me over the course of my lifetime to the younger generation. Really, my focus is it's a lot of audio, it's a lot of video, and it's zero, almost zero blog posts. I just like to speak and I like to video, and I think that's a better way of, to deliver content and, and uh, engaging messaging to people. I, I must be right. YouTube's doing pretty good, and so, so are all the podcasts that are exploding, just like yours, John. Well, thanks, Bruce. And that's a very good point because today we live in such a fast-paced world that getting to sit down with a, a senior executive, if you're relatively young or if you're starting a business, being able to pick the brain of someone who's been there, everyone is so busy. You, you get like 15 minutes and people are zoning out all, already. We're with the Breakfast Club, which I've attended a couple of times, and it's really fantastic is you, we get to share and it moves fast enough. And uh, the, the meeting I was on today earlier with, a, with another group of guys, I got three pages of notes. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're never too old or hopefully too young to learn from someone else. Bruce, thank you. I really appreciate your insert. And uh, I got to ask you, uh, is Bruce Coastal the same as Bruce Postal? I just want to get that last question in. I get this all the time. My my comeback is, uh-oh, Bruce Coastal goes Bruce Postal with content. Okay, folks, you heard it here. Bruce Coastal, <laughs> Breakfast Club. It's uh, Monday mornings for me at 8 o'clock is the one I'm normally on. Love to see you there. Take care, Bruce, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, John. I'm John Bothwell, somewhere out there on the Gulf of Mexico at winningbusinessnow.com. We'll see you on our next edition of Winning Business Now. Until then, be safe. And remember, excellence is always a matter of choice.